0: marketing made easy the podcast now here are your hosts from get savvy club anna geary and anita baldwin
1: Everyone and welcome to another episode of marketing made easy from the get savvy club anna geary and anita Baldwin here hi anita how are you doing today do you know what
2: today i am great
1: top of the world oh, yeah.
2: hello do you know what also it's um you know we have the wanky word for the year that we've never done before and ours this year is implementation and i'm doing that in my life as well as our business yeah. and um makes you feel great doesn't it you know when you've been like i've been staring at three flipping bin bags full of old clothes under the stairs for like a month and I went to put them out one day when the charity bag was coming and Mark had thrown the charity bag away so I couldn't because <laughs> they'd just look like rubbish and I had a big old strop about it I went well you get rid of them then <laughs> and then obviously they've not gone Oh, anyway this week gone taking shots well, uh, so yeah I'm feeling I'm feeling great my Don't fridge I'm still in my house because I will do something with you I'll tidy you or clean you I'll get rid of you
1: yeah it's good isn't it because I got a new fridge because my fridge it was it worked it just didn't quite get cold as it should do sort of thing so well, that's not just, working know, then, is it because fridges are supposed to get cold just, yeah no but you know when things don't quite work but th- it's not painful enough yeah to bother to it's go not boiling soy. the milk no, sorted it sorted it got, yeah. got another one now now i have two fridges in the hole next to my house i haven't got there's not garages There's like a space where you think there should be a garage but it's not it's just a gap it's called something isn't it that's. like a it's got a name The point is i'm weird because i've got two fridges next to my house but i have got a fridge that works now instead of two yeah. don't i'm hoping this third one's just gonna work out for me anyway <laughs> today <laughs>
2: like do you know that kind of music that um sad song music over yeah remember like simon bates on the radio used to do yeah. a sad story and used yeah. to music like he didn't do know. it
1: wasn't a sad story wasn't it like uh, confession, they confessed. Yeah, that's Simon Mayo. Oh, I'm going back further. All, than the, that. Simons, all yeah, the Simons. Yeah, yeah. Is there any Simons on the radio anymore? Simon Mayo, Simon. Mayo? Trevor and Simon. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Love them. We're a bit like them. <laughs> 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 I could sort of visualize them. Oh, They're quite funny, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Today. We have. We've been trying to pronounce it. Anyway, Billy Schwer. Um, is a top, 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 top boxer. Well, Um, ex-boxer. And he has a fantastic story, doesn't he, He
2: won the world title, but... Do you
1: know, know, I once
2: read this thing where it said that they looked at people's jobs, people's professions and who were the happiest people um, in the UK. And actually the happiest people were professional athletes, because they they set really small goals and then they achieve them and then they set another small goal and then they achieve it. And that actually makes you happy rather than looking at the big picture all the time. So it's interesting when Ray Ray really speaking of Ray Winston. Billy Ray. We were talking about Ray Winston with Billy. Yeah. <laughs> so when, when Billy was talking about how he got to the the world title, to so the top of his game, um, and it like you know was nearly the the end of him, and destroyed him, and he had big imposter syndrome, and wasn't happy, and has basically you know hit rock bottom and turned his life around and what he does now and it's just a really interesting yeah. story and if you think you look at people from the outside and go well look at them they've got them it all it's yeah present. they're talented yeah. or they're sporty or they're attractive or they're good at business or whatever they're all right and it's you know it's never the
1: case you never it? know what's really going on in that mind of theirs behind closed yeah. doors and all of that like yeah because it, it Even though he achieved all the things he set out to achieve, he still felt like a failure because he finished before he really wanted to finish and felt you hadn't really actually had an opportunity to beat him, which I guess if you are, and this happens to a lot, this happens to child actors, doesn't it? The curse of being a child actor is um, if you're really famous, really young, then you almost, you've got that identity and then you almost don't, like, you don't actually know who you are. That's why Kevin... Kevin McAllister I was going to call him. Then that's his <laughs> name. No, McCallie. We're doing really well with names today. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that's why because they never actually have a childhood. They never actually get to be who they like. Grow up and know who they are. They just get to being an adult and being told you are this, this, and this. And then that's often why they go off on one, finding yeah. themselves. And if recklessly. you've
2: got any area of your life where you feel a bit dissatisfied, or you feel like you're not quite good enough, or you wish something was different, then you've got to listen to this podcast, because it's all about um, what you can do to work on yourself. Yeah. And that's what we're all about a lot of the time as well, because, yeah, yeah we teach people how to get more clients using social media, bish, bash, it's dead totally easy. But the main bit that we help people with is to find the confidence and find that spirit within them to go out and say i'm really good at this and that's you know it sounds so easy but it's just not
1: and also have fun in the thing that you yeah. do the amount of time we've been on uh calls with clients and then like we will like stop what we're saying i said do you do you actually want to do that though because that doesn't sound very fun and they're like actually i don't like that part of my business and we go don't do it then we just give them permission to not do that thing if you don't want to work with that type of client but you always have and you'd rather work with this type, change then you know you don't Mm. have to stay exactly where you are and what another thing i love about what billy talks about is his coaching is he wants to get people to a 10 out of 10 which sounds like what that's like what's that all about but if you really ask yourself if you give yourself out of 10 where you are right now um and you're saying oh you're a four or five that's not good enough then, is it? You're not feeling. And that's not how well you're doing, by the way. That's like how you feel. Do you feel like you're a 10 out of 10? And he, so he takes them. He's had people that come to him. They look super successful from the outside looking in, but actually they feel and they are, you know, zero to one. That's how they feel in their life. And that's obviously why they get. Doing all the things that people tell them should make them feel better and more successful. And they're actually doing that, but it's still not working. And he actually unravels, finds out why, and then gets them to the 10. So his, his outcome because we're always banging on it to our clients about you need a really clear outcome his outcome when he's working with his clients is to get them to be a 10 out of 10 to feel a 10 out of 10 in their life so um it just not sound the most tangible but really if somebody could say hey you're a two out of 10 i can get you a 10 out of 10 you're all in aren't you you don't even need to know how that's going to happen you just you just want in to be able to get to that
2: yeah it's really interesting so yeah there's loads to take away from here so let's get into it
0: if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe
1: today we have with us the lovely billy and i cannot pronounce your surname billy how do you pronounce your surname shwer Schwer. We'll have a go. Shwer. So it's,
2: there we it's, go. Schwer. It's, it's one of those words
1: that's nice to say. Yeah, it's a nice, nice word. Do you want to tell our, our listeners, Billy, a little bit about a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do? That'd be great.
0: I'm the former British, Commonwealth, European, and World boxing champions. I started boxing when I was eight years of age. So I've been in competition. So you start. You're not allowed to have your first boxing match until you're 11. Yeah. So I've been in competition from 11 years of age and I competed in national championships very early on when I was like third, 12, 13, 14. I become a national champion. I represented England. I travelled around the world as a kid. And it was such an amazing experience. Now, boxing is such a great metaphor for life. My dad used to box. So my mum kind of had to put up with boxing being around and my mum's brother he was a boxer too so she didn't really have much choice so it's very so for mothers I speak to a lot of mothers and they're very concerned about their their letting their kids box but amateur boxing is very safe I mean amateur boxing these days in some schools they're doing it It's, its no contact so it's very safe but there's so many life lessons to be gotten from just the challenge of Stepping into the ring, into a gym, even with loads of loads of others doing their thing. It takes something. So I I I was into that world of challenging myself from a very young age. I had a great amateur career and I got to a point when I was 20, 21. I reached kind of a certain level, then I thought, you know what, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna turn professional and give it a go to try to give it a go for a living. So I turned pro at 21, so my dad was always in my corner. My dad was my boxing coach as a kid, and then I had another trainer as a professional, a guy called Jack Lindsay. Now, Jack Lindsay was from my hometown of Luton as well, Luton town, so he was, now I used to call him Gentleman Jack because Jack was just, he wasn't like a boxing trainer, he was a genius, he was like just a gentleman. He liked opera, he used to paint and draw, he was softly spoken, and he—you could order, you could have a conversation about any subject with Jack. He was just beautiful, so he took me over as a professional, and I had a dream. The dream was to become a world champion. So then I had a great team around me. So I got uh, Mickey Duff was my manager. I was very good at it. So then within two years, I won the British and Commonwealth Championships. That I lost it, then I regained it. And then it was kind of a roller coaster ride of achieving the dream to eventually become a world champion. I got to a point where I was good enough to challenge for the world championship in Las Vegas. So I'm just a kid from Luton Town and I, I'm now top of the bill in Las Vegas. Wow. And I'm standing outside the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, which at the time was the biggest hotel in the world. And I remember standing there looking up. Oh, there was yeah. a big display unit and my name was flashing in lights. Wow. At the time, it was just what, what it was just it was just normal. It's just what mm. I was doing. So in the moment, it's only when you kind of take a moment to reflect back and think, wow, what how incredible that was. Mm. Yeah, and, you I mean, can't really funny. get distracted either when you're boxing. If you get distracted as a boxer, the way that I used to view that is you're dead. Mm, yeah boxing is a brutal beautiful business the noble art the sweet science and it is artistry if you can see the art in it and it's brutal all at the same time as somebody that partook in that activity it's dangerous it's dangerous i had a friend of mine killed in the ring i know guys that have been brain damaged i mean permanently damaged it's brutal So I can understand why a lot of the mothers don't want their kids to get involved in that. But that's a different – that's a complete –
2: It's funny, though. I love what you say about the motivation it gives you. Because I remember watching um, an interview with Ray Winston years ago, and he was a boxer, wasn't he? And they said, you know, he said, it prepared me for being an actor. And they were like, well, how does that work? And he said, because you get used to going and doing something, even when you know you're not going to be the best there. You know, you might not win. You know, you might get knocked down. You get used to preparing, preparing to lose, preparing to get knocked down and get back up again. And that when you start acting, you know, you're not the best actor out there. You're, You're up with people who are much better than you. And it just helps you to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I tried to get my son into boxing, but um, after about a year, I kind of uh, finally recently given up on it. Because I just thought, all of that, I want him to have. And also the ability to
0: not need to prove yourself in a fight, because you can do it. Anita, that was so eloquently put about the experience of a youngster a child to if they could gain that like ray was saying it's exactly the same it prepares you for life yeah now whatever career you choose to partake in whatever you do boxing it does prepare you for something because as ray said you get you get knocked down you get knocked back there's upsets you fail You get punched in the face. You get end up with a nose like mine, maybe. Well, hopefully not. Yeah, it's seen a lot better days. What? What a silly place to put a nose! (laughs) It's a idiot for boxing. There's so much value in there. So then, so I I challenged for the world champs in Vegas. I lost that title. I got two big cuts, one over each eye. I had I had seventy stitches.
2: So how do well, you cope with the, the pain? Because it hurts, doesn't it, getting hit in the face?
0: <laughs> Again, you're so present and in the moment. And it's a training. You train for it. So you get used to it. So by the time I fought in Vegas, i have been boxing for 15 years. So I have I trained myself to, to such a degree that it's kind of you get – and some people are better at it than others. Some people can take – what you make the punishment, the pain, is pushing through the pain, going beyond self, which is which is something for us all to look at, to go beyond yeah. ourselves, what the limitations that we may put on ourselves. And we'll come to that as well. It's about yeah, going beyond self to really look at what's available, what's possible. So I had to push through the physical pain as a boxer in the ring, but then it is also the the months and months of preparation leading up to that moment, because the fight itself was just a small piece of, yeah, the whole. Because it's months and months, and then it would be the years prior to that, leading up to that moment. And it's such a fleeting moment—the fight itself—and then it's gone. You win, lose, draw. However, that whatever shows up, and then it's the aftermath of that. It's dealing with that. So, because I got, got beat in Vegas, so I came back. Great team, great management. Because i just challenged for the World Championships, I was highly ranked within Europe. I was ranked number one in Europe. So I got a shot at the European title, which I went over to Spain. I challenged and I won the European title there in an epic contest. It, would vote, it was voted contest of the year by the uh, Boxing Union. It was, a, wow. it was an amazing contest. An Olympic Stadium. And I remember walking out in spain it was in this guy's it was in his own backyard and it was like walking into like the amphitheater what was your music i had a dj mate of mine so i had i always used to have soulful house music coming out for me so i would do my ring walk listening to like a slamming tune So then so then I'll come out to that. But that, that contest that was that was a epic, epic. So I won that one, then I came back home and I I, I defended that title three times, which then moved me up, up into the world rankings again. So I was ranked number number one in the world now by the WBC. So I challenged for the World Championship again for the second time. Wembley Arena in walk again, amazing experience. I got yeah. beat on points. So I got another big cut, There's I used to cut a fair bit, so I'm all I yeah. you know, having stitches. So there was a lot of controversy after that fight because he failed the drug test. Oh, all right. right. He, was, he was so quick; it was no wonder I couldn't catch him. He was like lightning. He was brilliant. He was. He was the best in the world. And trying was all catch the speed. Him, he was um, found to be over the limit. Ephedrine, like speed. No wonder I couldn't catch him. He was so quick. Yeah. Yeah. But what happened was he got off on a technicality, so he kept his title. But again, it's like that life experience there, and that, that's what i talk about. When I, when I speak publicly or work with people, it's about, you know what, things happen. Things are yeah. in your control. Things are not in your control. Yeah. Who are you Life's be? not
1: fair, is it?
0: Life yeah. is not fair. Yeah. So the sooner you can realise that and just be with that... yeah. I'd, I'd work on me. your reaction to stuff, and you no, That's all we've got, right? That's all we've yeah. got, because stuff's happening, stuff's coming at us, life's happening, and it's brutal. It's yeah. brutal. So what I what I really get is when I'm having a nice little run in life, things are nice and calm, and it's nice and it's okay. Just really just ride that wave because it ain't going to be forever. Yeah. And just enjoy the moments that you have when it's when it's all going your way because they're fleeting. Then something happens, then we got to go again, have not we?
2: Yeah, it knocks you down. So, was this your full time job? That's all you did.
0: Yes, that was my full time. Do you ever yeah. had a job, or you just kind of? I've never, started? I've never had a proper job in my life. Never will. Never want one. I'm unemployed. I can't. I bet you, you are. <laughs> I've got no idea what I do, no. But when I left school, my first job was I worked in a scrapyard. My dad's mate had a scrapyard, so I I picked up rubbish in this scrapyard. So then I left school, didn't get on very well at school. I'm dyslexic. I now know that I've got ADHD. I'm dyslexic. I kind of – I struggle with that kind of thing. I don't think straight. So sport for me was my outlet. That was my way of proving something. So then – I, I did have a proper job at one point. I did a I did a youth training scheme. I I worked. Hmm. At, I did a YTS scheme. Yeah, I remember them as a carpenter. I'm a, I'm a I did an apprenticeship as a carpenter. So I did have a proper job once. I did an apprenticeship. So I'm a I'm a, I'm a trained carpenter. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: A rubbish handy around right the I was, house. I, was, I was, no I, I was rubbish. Yeah, I was useless. <laughs> Got my carpentry qualification. Then I went self-employed. I was living at home. I was getting taken care of. Everything was. It kind of was nice. So Easy then I was the and I was on the building site and I was lugging. It was real physical graft. So then I'm thinking if I want to make a career at being a boxer, I can't be doing that physical work as well as, as well as going training. Cause I would, I would be up at five in the morning and go for a run in the rain, sleep, the snow before a day's work, go to work all day and then go in the gym in the evening. It's just too much.
2: Mm.
0: And because I had good management I was busy as a boxer, so they kept me busy, and then uh, so I had like 16 fights in a couple of years. I was really busy, and I I used to sell a lot of tickets, so that was that's the business side of it. So as a promoter, if I sell a lot of tickets, I'm generating revenue, which is what I used to do. So I kind of paid for myself. And then um,
2: training does a professional boxer do? Is that all you do all day every day?
0: Eating, sleeping, training, resting. That's it. That's your so, life, yeah, really, isn't it? That's you your life. You, your life if you want to be a boxer, it's, you can't half do it. It's all pervasive. Everything of your life is that, and you mm-hmm. kind of sacrifice everything for that. Now, right. I was driven to be to, to become something. I wanted to be a champion, and I wanted to make something of myself. It was an opportunity, and and I I was obsessed with it. I was like addicted to it, and I loved it.
2: Did you ever think, oh, I can't be asked today, or you just didn't feel like that?
0: No, I can't ever recall thinking like yeah. I would be the other way. My trainer would have to stop me because I would always overtrain. I would always yeah. do too much because my is that
2: your personality, or
1: is it just that you loved it so much?
0: No, it's, it is a bit of my personality. So I have to really manage myself.
1: It's this a superpower if you've got ADHD, actually, in terms yeah, of like yeah. if you want to <laughs> excel in one particular thing, then you can you just in it and that's it.
0: Yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's managing that. So I have to manage mm. myself. But as a, as an athlete, it was yeah. Your, your nutrition, your rest is so so important. And yeah, not an over not overdoing it. So now my life now is I just have to really manage my energy. I'm so big into energy. We talked about meditation. I do that yeah. daily. Breath work, nutrition, fasting, hydration. I'm I'm so into all of that, mm. and that helps me maintain the life that I've got now. So and do you still do it.
2: any kind of boxing or anything like that?
0: Not really. I I train people occasionally, take them on yeah. the pads. I do a bit of that. There's a bag down the gym that I use sometimes. It's kind of the past. And the way the, the the question that you asked me, yeah, it was like life or death for me. And I was addicted, and I loved it. And that's kind of that was my whole being was around that. And then when it when it, so then I so the, that was my second attempt. Then I had another attempt, which I got beat on points with a split decision. Could have went either way, so I failed three times. Mm. So then, so then there I go again. So I, so I'm so driven. The, I have a lot of will. So I, and luckily enough, I, I had a good management team around. I got another another shot of the world title by fourth attempt, and that's when I eventually won it. So I become a world champion on my fourth attempt. So persistence, cora- cor- like courage, courageousness. That that. Those yeah. tr- Accepting failure and carrying on. Yeah. In the face of failing, who do you be? Because yeah. life ain't always going to go the way you want it to. Have yeah. you ever noticed yeah. that? Yeah, it just don't work out, does it, all the time? Because
2: failure doesn't mean you're not good enough. It just means you're not good enough right then. Doesn't mean you can't ever be good enough. But sometimes we take failure as, oh, I can't do this. I'm oh, that's it then. Enough. I won't
0: bother. Yeah. I had that story running in the background that I'm not good enough. Yeah. So Did I've you? looked. I've looked back at my life since. I... So then I I won the title, and then I lost it. So what? I won the title, but I ended up in hospital. So brain scans. Con- it's, luckily, it was just concussion. Luckily enough, I got to a hospital. It's on. The, it was on the way home from the fight. I was going to to the after fight party in Luton, my hometown, and it was, I was in the car on the way home, and I just started to. I didn't feel right. I just felt I couldn't see. So I started to get worried a bit so I started to feel sick so pulled the car over I got out of the car and I was violently sick so the alarm bell started because that's when sometimes the damage is done from mm, yeah. you see the doctor you leave the venue you see the doctor he clears you to go so then you go so then there's a bit of a delayed reaction obviously boxing getting punched in the head and us lighter guys because we're we sometimes dehydrate ourselves to get down to our fighting weight which can be dangerous because you you have 24 hours to rehydrate, but that's not long enough.
2: Mm.
0: So you might go into a fight a little bit dehydrated, which is dangerous to get them get him wet it's really common. Though I was talking to my husband, a member of it, like a
2: martial arts and boxing gym, and he's into all that. And he doesn't fight professionally, obviously, but lots of the other men there do, and that's what they do. They'll just completely like stop drinking and everything for three yeah. days. It's just yeah, mad, yes. isn't
0: it's, it? it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's- with professional boxing because you're doing 12 3 minute rounds so then you'll get it's the it's the consistent getting punched to the head so I'm not really selling boxing very well are we here don't do it don't do it yeah You haven't got any long term damage long term well I'm I'm living the damage I'm I'm damaged goods <laughs> was, was damage I'm, I'm scarred for life the physical scars and the, yeah. the emotional scars yeah. so then I so I won the world title defended it too soon three months later so I come out of hospital I went on holiday come back got started to prepare for my first defense and I'm training for the fight I get I'm inspiring I take I'll take a punch in the head and it just don't feel right but me being me back in those days, I was just a bit reckless. I didn't tell anyone. I just went ahead with the fight. Yeah. And my first defense, I got knocked out. So then it was back to hospital. But this time I went in style. I got carried out the ring on a stretcher and I got put oh. in the back of the ambulance. Then I'm back to hospital in the back of the ambulance. And it, was, and it was in that moment in the back of the ambulance that I realized my life as I know it was over. Yeah. And that was when I made the toughest decision I've ever made to retire from boxing. But I mean, at the pinnacle of your career, which is It wasn't nice. really. I didn't have it that it was. There's, I had a story running. It wasn't oh. enough. I'm not enough. I'm not good <laughs> mm. enough. I didn't win the right world title. I didn't defend it enough. Isn't that funny?
2: You're a world champion, and yet you're still telling yourself you're not good enough. That's
0: it, yeah. Yeah.
2: How flawed,
0: how flawed are we as yeah. human beings? The, the stories that we run it's like insanity yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah what does it take
2: to make you good enough you know how much do you have to win the best so it's like i can't wonder if
1: rihanna time. i wonder if rihanna sometimes yeah. like, oh, still, i'm still not beyonce
0: or the other she'll, way around yeah
1: yeah or beyonce she'll, be, she'll, she'll watch beyonce. one of her videos and she, yeah.
0: she'll go on oh, my bum looks a bit big yeah, in that, that particular mm. shot or something that's a, an element, which ain't a bad thing, but we have to it live. It keeps us forward. striving forward, doesn't it? And But then it's like what I've learned to do now and the work that I've done, and the work that I do is it's the stories that we've created about ourselves. is having them work for you rather than against you. Yeah. Because those stories that they impact us and leave us with a, an experience of ourselves and the stories that I was writing, I, I was, my story was that I was weak And I wasn't good enough because I got bullied at school and I got my sisters used to beat me up when I was a kid. So I made the decision back then. I can remember it so clearly because I've done the work to really unravel myself because when I retired from boxing, I really wanted to figure out who Billy was because I was always Billy the Boxer from eleven eight. 8. I started boxing when I was 8. So that's who I was. And I didn't really know who Billy was. Yeah. I'd sacrificed Billy to be Billy the Boxer. My childhood was different, very different. I wouldn't change it for the world, but I sacrificed a lot. And that – so in, in just doing that, I've created a story about it. And it's – so then it's like utilising the story in such a way that it adds, adds to me. But the story that I was writing, I'm weak and I'm not good enough, was, a, was driving my whole life.
2: Yeah. And then
0: when I retired from boxing, I was, I was still writing the stories – yeah. I wasn't good enough. I didn't do enough. I don't belong. I don't fit in. I'm. A, I like. That's how. That's the story that I have. So then, what? What that then happened to me was, I crashed and burned. I went through an identity crisis because my whole life I've been Billy the Boxer. Now, now I'm. Who's Billy? Who am I? Mm. I started to question. Who am I? What am I doing? Why am I doing it? What's the meaning of life? What is it all about? Because I was in like a bubble for such a long time. I boxed for 23 years wow. and then I'm still a young man. I'm 31 and I've come out of this bubble when I'm like, what now what? And I really yeah. struggled the, the identity crisis. Yeah. I, I, I hit rock bottom. I, I was depressed. I was on my way to having a mental breakdown. I wrecked my marriage, which ended in divorce. I got caught up in some financial stuff. I, ended, I eventually went bankrupt. I lost everything, my home was repossessed. I had some properties repossessed. I had no money, I had no future. I felt like a failure. I hit the bottom Yeah. and I hit the bottom. Luckily I I moved back home with my parents and that's when I started to rebuild myself.
2: How do you climb out of that though? Even moving back home with your parents must have been like a blessing you've got a home and a curse that God look at me, I'm back here again. I'm a
0: failure, I'm a failure. That was the story that I was now running I'm a failure. Yeah. Then so it's it's sitting with that and being with that is really difficult. So I so the first 2 years of my retirement worst 2 years of my life. Well. Oh, tough. And I'm trying to figure it out, I'm battling through it and I'm trying to I don't know anything and I I then I I, t- I felt embarrassed, I felt ashamed. And I'm trying it's to, easy to I, hide away and wallow in that situation. And isn't I'm it? stuck and I'm kind of fighting my way through it. And I'm, I'm having a go at all sorts of things. I'm trying these things, but I, everything I tried left me with a feeling just this ain't it, just don't feel right. I had these visions of being a boat skipper, like driving these big yachts around the south of France or the Bahamas. So I pursued that. I found a guy. We had some trade on the Norfolk Boards, and he took me out onto the North Sea. I'm in this boat, and I'm throwing up over the side. It's raining. <laughs> thinking, what is saying? It is it? This ain't it. <laughs> i have been a film star. I've done three films. If you ever need evidence that there's a worse actor out there than Vinnie Jones, go and rent. It ain't worth buying the Mean Machine. I was in that. So I did a few films, but that wasn't it. That- Acting's really difficult. That that wasn't that wasn't it either. Yeah. I was gonna open a wine bar, a restaurant, I pursued that, I failed the exams there, I was gonna bring out a sportswear range, i had to go at that, that wasn't it, I had to go at modeling. I was with a modeling agency called uglies They cater for people with That's kind of new rude, new isn't it <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I Yeah, their Christmas dues were good. <laughs> so i got a lot of work modeling balaclavas that i wonder why that was yeah so i tried that i was going to get a job in the city i started to learn to trade on the stock market i found a guy's going to give me a job it's got a job i'm a dyslexic boxer what chance have i got i trying to i would never fit into that I, so that wasn't it then it's just I, everything left me that oh this ain't it but the funny thing was as i was going through all of that i was after the two years of suffering i kind of found the courage to reach out and get help and i started to go to work on myself i did a program called the landmark forum back in 2003 and that was my awakening begun then and i'm in this room for three days in a conversation about what it is to be a human being and i'm sitting there and it rocked my world honestly i walked out the building never to be the same ever again wow It just, that just transformed me. And so then the future started to occur different because I didn't have a... Sorry, just
2: to, what was the, like, say one thing they said that just made a big difference for you? Just anyone listening.
0: Yeah, so the Landmark Forum, Ontology, which is the study of the art and science of being... Mm -hmm. You get to see who you're being in life. And what I liked about it, and it really fitted with me because being dyslexic and stuff, it wasn't about reading or writing in the session. It was just listening. So you're in a conversation for three solid days, listening, being with the conversation about what it is to be a human being. And so you're dismantling yourself while listening to others, getting coached, in all areas of life. And the thing that I really took away, which really, really rocked me was, well now what I got is I got, oh shit, I'm responsible for my future then because of what I I ended up being a victim. Yes. Having all that experience and all that success, then the failing, having my story, I was a failure. And then going through what I went through, losing everything, I kind of hit the bottom and it was like, I have no future. There is no future i got nothing to fight for anymore. But the funny thing was, subconsciously, I was fighting everything. I wrecked my marriage, everything was a fight. I turned everything into a battle, a challenge, causing chaos. I needed chaos, I was addicted to chaos. And then it was a, a realization of, oh, I am the cause of it then. Yeah. Oh, I got that, my life's not working. I had a look in the mirror and I looked, well, what's not working then? Oh, there, there you are you you're everywhere every area of your life that ain't working guess what you're there yeah. so you must have something to do with it
2: yeah and
0: i got that and it like rocked to and i thought oh shit well, okay right then so so then the future started to open up and it started to occur differently and it kind of that's when i started to reinvent and recreate myself and that's and that's the journey i've been on that's that's 18 years ago yeah and i've been on that journey of transformation self-development personal growth i love it i love it i love it it ain't ever stopping what did you go on to do then that was successful for my own experience i've created a program and uh, called the 12 round Billy Schwer experience based upon my book i generally work with men 40 plus business owners very successful i give them an access to more they want more they know that they can be more they're willing to do something about it and i the results that i'm getting is it's it's phenomenal i always ask people where are you on a scale of zero to ten whoever's listening to this where are you in life where would you score yourself on a scale of zero to ten right now where are you at just a general well-being so that's so i'll get my guys to have a little think about that and I, I, I get them to a 10 out of 10. So there's one guy that I'm working with now where we're, we're just completing the 12 rounds this week, actually. And when he started, he was a zero out of 10. Wow. His perception of himself yeah. and his life was a zero out of 10. He's got a brand new Porsche. He's got a multi-million pound business and he feels that way. So we were six weeks in. He goes, Billy, you've taken me from a zero to a hero. I'm now a ten out of ten, awesome. and it doesn't mean that they're there consistently, but it's they've had an access to it. I've got I've got multiple stories of that. Mm-hmm. Another guy I'm working with, Mick, two out of ten. Again, his business is doing multi millions, and he, he's a two out of ten, and he's he, we've got him to a ten out of ten. So then the. What that enables, if you experience life it as a ten out of ten, what are you going to do different? What are you going to take on? It's like the experience of self, and then you go beyond mm. self, which I've done. I've I've gone beyond self because I'm now a, I'm a volunteer at, for Samaritans. You're familiar with the Samaritans, yeah. yeah. So I've gone through their training for um, to go beyond self to add value and contribute and be a volunteer for those guys. There's so so much-
1: these, these people that you help, um, would you say like what are the common common issues that they have? Then, so it's like you say, they're already very successful. But what 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 sort of things do they normally say to you when they first reach out to you? What are there? Is there any common things that that sort of come out?
0: Yeah, there's there's a there's there's a theme. It's them. It's themselves. It's the stories that they have of themselves. Not enough. Like we that, those that the common theme is not enough. I'm enough. Not enough. They've, we've all done things that we regret. We've all we've all done things that we wish we could change, take back time, and it's very difficult for us to accept and be with those things and and just being. So the yeah. work that I've done, so I'm ahead of the game because I went through a midlife crisis when I was 31. I kind of I'm, I, and all it is, I'm ahead of them. I've done what they're going through. I did it yeah. early, which is that was my blessing. That was my maybe my life journey. To experience what I've had, and to have gotten what I've gotten, and then then be able to share it, and I sh- I share it in such a way that it just it enables others to really get something for themselves, and especially if I'm talking to men, because I've been an ex-fighter, they kind of get that language. Yeah, it's They're not all woo-woo and all no, that. It's, and and I'm into I get them. Fasting, I get them meditating, I get them, I, I go woo woo. I get a little bit of, I try all apart. that's
2: based on science, isn't it? All yeah, of you know, I'm quite a, like, I like to understand why things work, so I always look into it. And I'm a big really? fan of fasting, and actually, only recently getting into meditation because of our coach. We've got an Australian coach we meet, and he sends us like, um, he does meditations and he says, You might got to listen to this morning, lunchtime, evening, and I don't do as much as I should, but yeah, yeah I, and
1: for her, she so, were like, Oh god, and we're like, Just do it. Yeah,
0: so, the a there's a guy that i recommend to everyone a guy called dr joe dispenser oh yeah,
1: yeah. Check out Dispenza.
0: Dispenza. dr yeah. joe dispenser so he's got he's written a book check out this title it's beautiful breaking the habit of being yourself yeah so one of the things that i'm the most proudest of is breaking the habit of being billy the boxer yeah. Because Billy the boxer, he had traits of he was determined, courageous, persistent, all of those things that a lot of us have. But he also had, I call him the good, the bad, the ugly. He had a lot of ugly traits. He mm. was aggressive. He was domineering. He was selfish. He was inconsiderate. He was always right. He was like rah, 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 which served so well in the boxing arena, but didn't serve Billy and Billy in his life. Mm-hmm. So it was about separating the two because I was so I collapsed Billy the Boxer with Billy. They were the same. But they yeah. once so I separated the two out. And that's so on my journey, I wanted to be free from Billy the Boxer. I wanted to, I wanted to just break free from the because that was a constraint. Yeah. Those ways of being didn't serve me or anyone in my life. But had become a habit, I bet. That was just it's one yeah. it's, it's like hardwired in. I'm trained yeah. to fight, defend like defend, attack, resist and confront. That's who I am yeah and but I think I'm, a lot I'm, of people even
1: if they're not boxers they can feel that as well like so they might be so I was very much somebody that was like if, if things are going to happen only I can make them happen I would, yeah. I would never be open to like working with someone in every job that I had it was like it was all about me and make me and I even used to say like I'm being professionally selfish here and <laughs> that was the thing that I used to say when I wasn't going to make the tea because I'd make the tea but as as ever, comes back not childhood. for the rest of it
2: <laughs> you, you, as a child, you grew up having to be very resilient and mm. self-sufficient, yeah. didn't you? And so yeah. that's what you learn. You rely on yourself, yeah. and that's it. And it's then, all... it's
0: no. learn, it's so, Anna. So you, you would have had it's a learned skill in it that I that I got as a boxer mm. from a, from when I was eight, as an eight-year-old kid. Can you imagine? As an and eight-year-old, that served
1: you. Yeah, that served you all the way through to the so to then. Look at it in a different light and say actually that's not useful. And then letting other people in as well. And get that, for, for me that was like like that only I can do it. Only I can do it. So now to think if you'd have told me back then or you you work with somebody, it'll have a business partner and it'll be an equal thing. Like, equal? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> surely you wouldn't. Surely you wouldn't have oh, that. Surely man. like you're you're in charge. of then yeah. So it's yeah. It's, it's good to to evolve, isn't it? And notice these things. And and it all comes down to self development, isn't it? And working on yourself. Absolutely. And so many. My um, brother, um, unfortunately, had to go to to rehab a few years ago. And before that, just how we grow grow up and stuff like that, none of it. They used to take the mick out of me with my self-help books, all my family did. Um, And then when he he was going to rehab and then he started having to do this stuff, I just loved it so much. Mm -hmm. And And then sometimes he'd message me something positive and I think, oh, my God, like you're getting this stuff. But if you don't have access to it because you've never been, you know, either it gets poo-pooed if you do try to better yourself, if you are from that background and people, you know, and you do have a book that's, you know, self-help people, go, oh, are you trying to, you, you, or you think you're better because what could you, you trying to climb out of the existence that you're in and do better, but it's, it's frowned upon, isn't it? So, uh, you know, really... opening up and going to these different things um, helps you, because I bet as well with you being a boxer, and like you say, you had all those opportunities to try those other things. But I bet behind each of those opportunities, there was people that actually just wanted to access the fact that you're Billy the Boxer, you know, like to yeah. to, to okay. kind of on the coattails of what you've achieved, sort of, I'm working. And it's that kind of, so you get led down different things for that reason, whether it's with Billy the Boxer or whatever it may be, people yeah. sort of jump on the back of what what you you are or what you can bring to the table, especially if you don't know yourself enough, well, way. you live
2: in it like an echo chamber. So, if mm. you're like you were, you know, high up in the boxing world, you spent your time probably with other boxers, with trainers, with coaches, talking about that all the time. And you probably never met you now who just went, and know if you ever thought about this? And you, you probably didn't have those
0: conversations. No, so don't, do we? And then, also, and obviously, that's a great point of looking back. Would I have listened at oh. that time to me as well? Obviously, mm. being in that. Yeah, home.
1: I always say that when people say, "What would you tell your 18-year-old self?" and I'm yeah. like, "Nothing. She wouldn't listen. I wouldn't <laughs> waste my breath. There's no way she would listen to anything.
0: Yeah. Oh, do forget it." Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but yeah. You uh, have to
1: find it yourself. Yeah, it's like my brother with his drinking. He came to me and said, "Oh," because I'd I'd quit drinking a number of years ago, and he came to me and said, "Actually, I've got the problem." But although I hadn't drank for years before that, he needed to come to that conclusion and yeah. ask for that help himself. You can't. Mm. You can only do you do so much.
2: Yeah, can't. although. We are influenced by all the people around us. So if you're spending your time with people who are really successful in business, you're more likely to be entrepreneurial yeah. and successful in business, aren't you? And if you're spending your time with people who are really into self development, then you'll start thinking about that. So it's not yeah. just about one person telling you something yeah. and you go, "Oh, well, that's a revelation." It's just it's just that yeah. subtle influence that seeps in, a,
0: isn't it? We're a product of our environment, right? Yes. It's another, another way of saying it, and it's it's the conversational environment that we're in, also. So what you're reading, yeah. what you're listening to, who you're talking—what your with? friends doing? Yeah, well, yeah that, that's the environment. And if you're if you're keeping that wherever that environment is, just have a look at the results that you're getting in your life, and just look at the environment that you're spending a lot of time in. Where then like, another great thing is values. Looking at your values, what's important to you? Because that's where you're going to spend a lot of time. And it's like yeah, just like looking at what is yeah, what's really important to me. Then then you can you can see what your life's about because I've been bankrupt twice. So I've looked at values and money wasn't high on my values list mm-hmm. and it's not an accident. It's not a surprise. Listen, things happen. I got caught in the recession and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I'm, I was irresponsible. So I got, I, that's why I ended up going on that, down that path. And what I got is recently is also this journey of self and don't ever stop. That's why I love it. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're realizing, so I've, I've just recently realized that I've never had a routine as such for the last 20 years. So routine kind of equals results because I, I was fearful because freedom for me is really, really important to me. It's really high in my values, freedom. I don't want to have a job. I don't want to be employed. I don't want, I don't want no one telling me what to do, all of that stuff. Yes, but
2: I quite... bet you had such a strict regime for so long yeah. that when you stopped, you were like, oh, I'm doing the opposite. I'm anti, anti-routine. Ex-
0: exactly. So then I, what I did was I collapsed routine with not freedom, no yeah. freedom. But then what, I, what I've just discovered recently with a coach of mine, because I have coaches, I'm I'm in therapy, coaches, I'm studying. We all should have all that. Reading all of yeah. the time. And it's, I got, i collapse routine with not having any freedom, but what then I've got, the breakthrough for me was that having a routine equals freedom.
2: Because
0: yeah. if you have a routine, so now I've structured my day such that I do this, this, and this, and this, and then, which then it gives me the freedom that I want for my life. Yeah. So it's reframing yeah. certain things. and th- So it, This journey that we just never stop, and I've got I've this week I've got a therapy session coming up on Thursday, which will be a really really deep. It will be like a six hour session. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you're into the plant based medicines, ayahuasca, all of that stuff. It's kind of in that realm of it's a bit woo woo out there, but. I just love it. I want to get beyond out of my head, man. I love it. And I'm and I was meditating this morning. And I've got these tunes on, listening to this music. I'm I'm flying. Flying. Yeah. This is it's raising my vibration. So what I yeah. got this morning, this is brand new, hot off the press. I'm so I'm I have guided meditations, but then I also just got music where I just do my own thing. So what I got this morning, I discovered it and I'm I'm there in the music i am lifted my vibration. My energy is high and I'm flying. And so certain things that I'm dealing with in this present moment come into my thinking. And then what I got today was as I was thinking, I was I was pissed off with the way that the way that that was going. I was pissed off with the way that they were being. I was pissed off with that. And it and it kind of. I was battling away with it. That's why my I called my brand mental boxing, because I was having a mental boxing match with what I was dealing with, with myself. And this person did that, and they did that, and they should have done it like that. I was kind of dealing with it. And then I got settled down, and it just eased. It just disappeared. So that's a skill and a, in and of itself, is being yeah. with whatever issue you're dealing with, sitting with it, and I just, with the music, I, it just... Dissipated. Yeah. It just letting things
2: go that don't. Yeah, letting things you. go. Yeah. And I really struggle with that. <laughs> oh, I you. to always always what? what now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is,
0: doesn't matter. Which, is, yeah. which is difficult to do in the third dimensional realm of our life experiences that like at this conscious level. We're battling away, and we're, we're dealing with things like that, fighting and resisting it, confronting it. I think it just stays there. It doesn't go anywhere, it just stays there. We might hide it, brush it under the carpet, but I believe the realms where I went today, to disappear stuff like that, upsets, to disappear them, just be with them, you do it at a different frequency a different energy. And that, mm-hmm. So that's what I got today. That's, yeah. that, that was a new learning for me today. I've been meditating for four or so years. Well, I my first experience of meditation was about 25 years ago. So I've always been in that thinking, but more so yeah. the last four years. I'm, de- I'm really deep into it. I love it. Yeah. I really. Yeah. It gives me an access of what I'm experiencing now. And I'm living. I'm happier, more fulfilled and satisfied than I've ever been ever. Yeah. I'm 10 out of 10, I'm living and creating and designing my life and it's opening up in front, of, I just love it. And, so yeah. what- and to give it like a commercial aspect,
2: when you are this like, positive happy relaxed person that kind of like you say your vibration of and people want to be around you and then opportunities open up friendships collaborations businesses all travel all of that stuff just from you being the kind of person people want in their lives suddenly
0: Anita you said it right so i just got a new client recently we was out at an event so i'm in on a table with with a bunch of guys we had such a great day, and then we went on to a, a bar later, and we were dancing around, and we just had a great. And it was the, it was the the who you who you be is what mm. people receive. Yeah, yeah. And then then it opens up just a different conversation, and I and I got a client off one of the, off that table, and we're going to go on to do. Amazing things. We're gonna yeah. he's doing the 12 round Billy Schwer experience and then I'm now gonna go and work with his team. I'm gonna continue working with him for another 12 months. It's, it's just opens up a world.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm go- I'll tell you, I'm sending my husband your way. I think you'd be great for him. Anna and I like obviously behind his back, call him negative <laughs> Norman.
0: <laughs> and it so is not, not Norman, my mission. But... My mission in life is the transformation of the middle-aged man. Yeah. Yeah. I am out to us women a swimming
1: favor there. Yeah.
0: He's oh, always yeah. He's dissatisfied with
2: his motivation and all of that kind of thing. And nothing ever changes. So yeah, you how old be, is he, how old is he? He's four uh it's his birthday in a couple of weeks. He'll be 47. 48. What?
0: 47. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So so like so exactly. They're the guys that I work with because if they're too young, they don't get it. They're not ready. They got to be ready, yeah. like I was. Yeah. And what had me be ready was I kind of hit the bottom. I had nowhere else to go. Yeah. I hit the bottom. And then, so I wouldn't recommend that to anyone. But no. me being on the journey that I was on, it was just I had to go there. And like Anna, you said it, you said it, it's about you, like your brother. You've got to get to a point where enough's enough. Yeah.
2: yeah. And unfortunately, that point for like, I think the vast majority is if you recognise that, you might go to your doctor and they'll just shove you on antidepressants. Yeah, and that's, that's not true. what you need. It's about what's motivating you in life and, and how to, like you say, look within
0: and be a more positive person, not just taking a pill every day. got to wake up, mate. That, that ain't easy to wake up. It's getting awake, yeah. looking at who you are, which ain't pretty. The journey that I want, it wasn't pretty. Mm. I had to confront a lot of demons, as your brother will have and yeah. given up any. any, still, any still
1: on the journey of it, still definitely yeah, on the journey. I mean, also,
0: and we're all on it, aren't we? Still. Yeah. And I mean, the, the drinking
1: part's stopped, but there's so much more. And I think he just thought, oh, if you help me, help me stop drinking, that's it. But no, it isn't because you've got to work on everything. There's the else why you drink, why retire. you turn to something yeah, that
2: stops you, know, you feeling.
0: Oh, every day. Yeah, we we do about. those things to avoid something, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. So then it's like, oh shit! Let's have. Mm-hmm. If you got to go and look at that, that's the bit to confront there, yeah. and it's stepping into stepping into the fire and being with that. So there's very few people like the meditation thing. Is very few people. Now I couldn't sit still for five minutes, yeah. but oh, I yeah. sit. I
1: struggled when I first started at yeah. meditation.
0: I struggled. Yeah, and I and still find hard. that really hard. I mean, like. Some, <laughs> yeah. some days are different to others right mm. some days you can yeah. do it better than others but I, I can sit now in my chair and I could just be no no music no nothing just sit for a couple of hours mm. yes.
2: that makes me feel quite anxious when I have my eyelashes dyed they put pads yes. on and they leave you for 10 minutes and obviously there's nothing going on you can't read something you can't check your phone right. and even yeah. that I'm like oh, hurry up hurry
0: up yeah yeah yeah, the time. yeah 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 especially men right there's not many men who sit there with themselves to be with themselves
2: you find time for the things that matter to you
0: because a lot of my guys meditation they don't they say they're gonna do it they don't do it the book i get the book i get everyone to read the book and the meditations that go with it breaking the habit of being yourself so my question to you all is would you like to break the habit of being yourself yes please i'm sick of me i've had enough of me Mm. I was sick of Billy the Boxer. I had to break that habit, the addiction that I was Mm. to the suffering and the pain, the fighting. I was addicted to it. I loved it. But it didn't deserve Billy. It had to stop. Two questions we always ask everyone, and I think you've
2: answered the first one in terms of recommending a book. But the second one is, because we're the Get Savvy Club, what
0: makes you savvy? Can I give you another book? Oh, yeah, of course you can. There's a book that I that I would fully recommend to everyone. It's a book called by well, by Eckhart Tolle. It's called The New Earth. Now when I was in the depths of my despair, going through my depression, I had that by the by my bedside and that was the book. It's like my bible that I used to I used to jump into it and I would open it wherever and there would a passage in there would speak to me. Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth, it served me and saved me. Yeah. He saved me, and it's getting through the nights. Those, those tough nights that I went through, man, uh, brutal. The dark nights of the soul. So he supported me through those. So I would recommend that to, to yes. everybody. To go, go check it out. Yeah, please do, please do. What makes you savvy? To produce results, to be a success in anything – The external stuff that we do, like I did as a boxer, it was all external outside of myself. I really believe to be fulfilled, happy, satisfied, and to be really savvy, if you take care of number one, hydrate, drinking water, supplement if you need to, look at meditation, breath work, and it's going within, which then the results externally will be so, so different, but you'll be coming from a different place. Rather than trying to fix, change something, you're coming from just—just just your being is different, mm. and that's been my experience of myself. So then, that's my energy. That, that's what I'm giving to people, and so the difference that I'm making is through who I am and who I'm being. So we all know how to fight. We're all fighting something. But we to are. Be yeah. Savvy to be like savvy would be. Oh, well, let's have a look at that then. Why am I? Why am I like that? Why yeah. do I do that? Why do I, what's that yeah. about?
2: Yeah. And, and realising, which I've only just realised, that happiness is a choice and you can choose to be happy. Happiness, um,
0: yeah. So, so here's a great thing I think about happiness because I've been grappling with this for decades because happiness, with yeah, every, where's happiness? We're looking for happiness. Mm. Happiness, we don't have to look for happiness because happiness is not lost. We ain't got to go mm. and find it. We've got to discover it. So I believe in discovering it for yourself. What is it? And then for us guys, grappling with, is it external? Is it the car? Is it the house? Is it the life? Is it the thing and the thing and the thing? My mate calls them like trinkets. We're in pursuit of these trinkets. Thinking happiness resides there, but it doesn't. And until my own experience, I had to live through that and do all of that. Having the Porsche, the house, the thing and the thing and the thing and realising that ain't it. That's just, maybe that's being driven by ego.
2: Yes, my ex-husband got rid of me Bought a Range
0: Rover. Is he happy? Probably. Makes no no difference. (laughs) It's nice, though. It's nice. (laughs) The thing would be to have all of those things, but then also to be happy within it yeah yeah but just to realize that happiness that's not happiness
2: but have the thing it. is if you have those things and you think they make you happy you can lose them just like that and then are you I just learned. how do you be happy yeah how are you happy so without? Lost,
0: them? so i've experienced losing of everything mm-hmm. everything lost everything watches had to sell all my watch everything every lost everything and then it's like oh okay so then then you have to deal with that side of so i've experienced the like the the scale of on the other end of it it's like but once you get through that you discover oh that's not it then but if you want those things have them but yeah it's not happiness no. but have them because you'll feel good to have them maybe for some time or not or but just but if we if we're if we have an expectation it's like the expectation it's like the expectation that we have of having things we may then they become unfulfilled expectations. They, they're expect, they get unfulfilled, which causes us to be upset at some level. That yeah. impacts how we feel on a daily basis. And then I get my go, well, so what are you doing that's not allowing you to be a 10 out of 10? Which is a bit of a funny question. And it throws people. What do you know that you're doing that's preventing you from being a 10 out of 10? That's a that's yeah. a funny question, but that's see, a hard it's a question, big isn't it? question, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I then, wish
2: I wish they taught all this stuff at school, didn't, don't you? Yeah, Just imagine the world would be, a or even a place. tiny
1: bit of it. They don't do anything yeah. like this at school, do they?
0: But then, well, then we, but then we, we're coming from a place of kids would understand it, and some kids would, some kids mm-hmm. wouldn't. Our kids ready to receive it, probably. Oh no, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more, maybe they'd be more open to receive it. Yeah. I've,
2: I've, I've got a 15 year old daughter we constantly thicker and she's like well out and out argue with me and I say well happiness Ellie is a choice no it's not she says what about PTSD <laughs> like what's the, you know mental what? illness isn't it and so happiness is a mental thing so yeah we can we could get there lots of people are happy despite horrific situations mm. um, and lots of people like you'd work with have amazing lives from the outside in and they're still no. miserable so that's got to
0: be the evidence, hasn't it? But, yeah, she won't have it. It's dealing with that, and, and then it's our attachment to being right, that they're wrong. Listen to me. I'm your mother. So I, yeah. I've got a 21-year-old 20, son, and he, he doesn't he don't listen to me either. He does, and he don't, and he, he well, partially does.
2: Partially I admire that, don't you? I like her spirit, and it's, just not when it's turned on me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, when, when you like it when it suits you, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, No one will ever walk over her. Yeah, she's not a doormat.
0: Thank you for having me. And all, all the guys that are listening, listen, I just wish you all that you deserve, all that you want, and go and get it. If you haven't got it, whatever you want, think about what it is and, and just do the work, what, do whatever's required, which is going to enable you to, first and foremost just be happy as we talked about happiness, fulfillment, satisfaction. What does that look like in your life? How can people find you? LinkedIn is my main platform, com, LinkedIn, just the usual social media stuff. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. Do
2: you know what? Do you know some people you meet and you instantly like them and there's just they're just like they just make you feel good. They're just relaxed and he is yeah, lovely guy. Um, and yeah definitely interesting and if you can't you know if you can listen to that and not take anything out of it then you're crazy because um there's <laughs> this, this,
1: this just... something wrong with you
2: <laughs> but it's so interesting isn't it how you know he was at the top of his game and it wasn't right for him and he works with people who are making millions who you'd swap places with in a heartbeat yet they're still unhappy so you know happiness is in us isn't it definitely an inside job. And if you want to win a copy of the books he recommends, uh, he talked about two, didn't he? Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself and The New Earth, then simply take a screenshot of this episode, put it on social media and tag me, Anna, Get Savvy Club, whatever, and we will um, pull somebody out of a hat and send you the book. And uh, yeah, give us a review as well. So now we've come to the bit that everybody knows and loves, and it is question of the week. So yeah, Anna and I get asked questions all the time, and some of the questions we get asked are the same over and over and over again, uh, because they're things that you obviously struggle with. So today's question is about when you are setting up your LinkedIn profile, it talks about, it's got a section where it talks about everything you've ever done. And sometimes, quite often, we work with people who are middle-aged and they've decided to stop doing what they've been doing for 20 years because they're not getting the satisfaction from it or they're leaving corporate and setting up on their own or whatever and start something completely new or just slightly different or whatever um but what they've done in the past they don't think is relevant to what they're doing now so they're saying shall we just shall i just delete all my old contacts shall i delete all you know the bits of my new about what i used to do yeah so um what do you say to that when people say that to us anna
1: don't just delete all that you've ever done your entire life because it's it's relevant, it's made you who you are now. You don't have to, it's no point having too much about what you were doing before. You can't just start afresh because you'll lose all the people that you've ever known, so that's no good. Uh, but equally, you want all the people that know, like and trust you to know this new thing that you're doing because... Even if it's not right for them, they may know someone and you've already fast tracked the no, like, and trustability. So don't start afresh. You are, you know, everything you've done up until now is relevant moving forward into whatever, even if it's completely different. Even if you're selling ice creams now and you used to, um, I don't know. Dear teacher be a teacher doesn't matter it's
2: still in fact lots of times people are teachers and they go oh, it's not relevant but the fact that you've been a teacher gives you credibility um, yeah. and trust and mean- means like you know most people who are teachers they're not in it for the money they do it because they care so you're a certain yeah. kind of person in somebody's mind instantly plus a yeah. bloody great big
1: gap on your cv screams prison to me yeah i used to be a <laughs> recruiting consultant for a long time and you know if anybody came in to register as a candidate that's what we would start with. That. <laughs> what are these gaps on your CV? What were you doing? And you need to have a story around why you weren't doing anything mm. at that time. We're the client,
2: relatively. Otherwise, recently. we assume
1: the worst. We fill the blanks in ourselves with, oh, you must have yeah. been in prison or...
2: Whatever. We had, we had a client relatively recently where I think it was you, I said, Oh, what did you do before you did this? And they said, Oh, I was in prison. And I, we didn't react, did we? Because I think it both of us just didn't know whether it was true or not, <laughs> because it could have been. go <laughs> to prison. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was, a di- oh, it was a joke. And I think we were supposed to go, Oh, yeah, ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. But we went, okay.
1: yeah. Move on. <laughs> So don't get rid of everything and don't get rid of your current people that you know because they, they still know you and they, they are interested in what you're doing moving forward and they, they could be your And they mix. know
2: other people. It could be your clients. Yeah. Don't scrap and start fresh work. So if you have you. a question, I would love to um, answer it on here. So just email us, info at getsavvyclub.co.uk or message us. We're on all social media platforms. You can find us really easily. So yeah, ask us. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you.
1: See you on the next
0: episode. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.